Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, True Crime Warriors. Yes, we are all part of the True Crime Army. But for those of you that joined me week in and week out for the last year or so, you are all warriors. And so are my brand new listeners. I am your host, Marco, and this is a true crime podcast where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. Can you believe it's been a year since I turned on a microphone in my walk-in closet and started recording these true crime stories? Yep, it's insane to think of, but it's been a long journey. I just want to thank you all for tuning in and choosing me every single week. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. But now we got to get down to business. We have all been talking about Fort Hood, Fort Hood, Fort Hood, the missing, the murdered, the suspicious suicides. But what the flip is happening at Fort Bliss, another Texas Army base? Well, today I am going to talk about one of many current cases there. It's a horrendous military-on-military member murder, the murder of Army Captain Malcolm Perry. So now, without any further delay, let's dig into the current events at Fort Bliss. My sources for this case include El Paso PD affidavits, El Paso PD press releases, articles by Stars and Stripes, El Paso Times, ABC 7 News, Conan Daily, Task and Purpose, and Army Times. This case is one that many of my listeners sent me reports about early on, and the way the story unfolded throughout the following weeks was like a scene out of a movie, but not some low-budget film. No, no, no. This appeared like a scene out of the Fast and the Furious, the Fort Bliss edition. And listen, I don't mean to make light of the situation that I'm about to discuss, but I just want you to know where my head was at as I was reading about the case as it unfolded. I do want to reiterate that when I discuss breaking news, and this is definitely a breaking news story, all persons that I discuss are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And in this case, Although people have been charged, no one has been convicted, so just keep that in mind. The following facts were revealed in a criminal complaint filed by the El Paso Police Department. I was able to review this complaint thanks to the hard work of Stars and Stripes and reporting by Rose Thayer. Captain Malcolm Xavier Perry was born to Michael and Dana Perry, and he was from Newport News, Virginia. He was a graduate of Denby High, and he got his college degree from Norfolk University. He joined the army in 2015, and eventually, after serving five years, he was stationed at Fort Bliss in Texas during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. He got there in March of 2020. As reported by Nico Clemens, he was assigned to the 123rd Brigade Support Battalion, 3rd Armored Brigade Combat Team, 1st Armored Division. According to Lieutenant Colonel Gilberto Escobedo, Malcolm was so passionate about being a leader and he was thrilled because he had just been chosen to command Bravo Company. According to a news article I read, he was a logistics officer by trade. 
Malcolm apparently had an on-again, off-again girlfriend by the name of Clevy Mouchette Nelson Royster. She was also a captain in the United States Army, and her background was also in logistics. According to Marky O'Brien of Conan Daly, Clevy came from a military family, and she was a graduate of the Tuskegee University in Alabama, and she commissioned into the Army through the ROTC program. In February of 2020, Clevy took command of Echo Forward Support Company. It looks like Malcolm and Clevy had a pretty rough relationship, which took a turn for the absolute worst on October 11th, 2020. According to Clevy, she was not too fond of Malcolm's alleged love for the strip clubs. Saturday, October 10th, was a usual party weekend in El Paso, Texas. Even though the world was still feeling the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, many felt that they needed to let loose a little on weekends. They congregated at bars, strip clubs, and restaurants. Clevy decided that she was going to put on her Saturday best because during the week, girl has to put her hair back and look pretty basic in her army uniform. But weekends was an opportunity to show the world what she was truly made of. Her and a friend named Ricky decided to paint the town red. Clevy and Ricky drove to a club named 915 Vibes or 915 Vibes. While at the Vibes nightclub, Clevy got into a fight with a group of ladies. It's unclear if it was a verbal altercation or if it was a put my hair back, hold my purse kind of fight, you know. But a witness by the name of Mathis told police that the bouncers ended up kicking Clevy out of the club. Clevy and Ricky were not done partying yet, so they drove to a strip club called Jaguars. They walked into the Jaguars club and they got a table. According to the El Paso Times, Captain Malcolm Perry was also at the Jaguars club. Malcolm sees Clevy and Ricky and joins them at their table. It's unclear what exactly happens next or exactly what happens, whether it's a friendly encounter, doubtful, or not a friendly encounter, more likely, whether Clevy confronted Malcolm or whether Malcolm confronted Clevy. But I'm assuming, oh, homegirl, his on-again, off-again girlfriend, Clevy, Clevy's heart was pumping. I mean, she was still souped up from the fight at the other club and she wanted to draw blood tonight. She didn't give a flip. According to ABC7 News, at some point while at Jaguars, Clevy had Malcolm's glasses in her hands and she broke them. Then, according to surveillance video, Clevy began to assault a stripper and then she began to also assault Malcolm. Now, I'm assuming in attempting to stop the fight, Jaguar employees have to step in and Clevy engages in an altercation with all of them. It's like just a, all hells broke loose type of fight. Clevy claims that she was punched in the mouth, but she doesn't know who hit her. What happens next is also unclear, like a lot of facts in this case. But eventually, after Clevy is removed from the bar, a witness hears Clevy tell Malcolm, quote, F- you, Malcolm, when my comes home from Afghanistan, I'm going to get him to shoot your ass, end quote. Surveillance video also catches Clevy causing lots of other fights in the parking lot. Clevy and Ricky jump into Clevy's car, a black Jeep Wrangler, and they drive off. They end up stopping in the intersection of Joe Battle and Pebble Hills. There, Clevy tells a group of people, quote, I'm on my way to his apartment to f*** him up because he hit me, end quote. Clevy then eggs everyone on to follow them. They are heading to Malcolm's place to whoop his butt. 
By this point, Malcolm is long gone. He's probably wondering why the heck he spent five long years with this crazy broad. He arrives at his apartment complex located at the bungalows near 3700 Hueco Valley. It's a gated community, so he swipes in or badges in or codes in or whatever. He gets into his parking lot and just sits there in his parking spot. Clevy and Ricky were in her Jeep. Ricky was driving. They drove up to the gate, the gated community where Malcolm lived, and they saw Malcolm sitting in his car. They didn't have the code to the gate, but Clevy was intent on getting in. So she looked at Ricky and told him to push the gate open with the grill of the Jeep. Yes! And guess what? Ricky obeyed. Once inside, they found Malcolm in his car. Clevy jumped out of her car like a madwoman and she began to assault Malcolm. It's unclear if Malcolm was already out of his car, if his window was open or how the heck she got access to him, but she began beating him. Malcolm was likely shocked by the assault. Eventually, though, he's able to escape the assault by getting back into his car, an Audi A4. He puts his keys into the ignition and he takes off. Clevy jumps back into her Jeep and she commands Ricky to follow Malcolm. And Ricky continues to follow Clevy's orders. Maybe Clevy is a really good military officer and people just follow her orders on command. And well, Ricky doesn't appear to second guess her orders, nor question them. While the criminal complaint doesn't come out and say this, there appear to have been three other people in the parking lot with Ricky and Clevy. And, and it's unclear at this point if it was only Clevy beating up on Malcolm or if they were all engaged in jumping poor defenseless Malcolm. Now we have Malcolm driving rapidly in his car attempting to escape the beating. And you have Ricky driving Clevy's car chasing Malcolm fast and furious style. Now, I imagine that Malcolm at some point notices in the rearview mirror that he is being followed at a high rate of speed. Meanwhile, in the Jeep, Clevy sees Malcolm's car and she instructs Ricky to hit him. Ricky was a bit confused. I mean, he's driving a pretty nice car. And Ricky looks at her and asks, aren't you concerned you'll damage your car? But Clevy is so enthralled in her emotions and herself and whatever wrong she thinks that Malcolm has committed that she says, nah, this is a Jeep. It has a good bumper. Ricky's still not sure it's a good idea. I mean, it was a newer car. It's like a 2019 model. But crazy Clevy starts grabbing the steering wheel. Mind you, they are going at a high rate of speed. She's honking on the horn all the way from the passenger side and yelling at Ricky to ram the car. Ricky then slams the Jeep into Malcolm's Audi. Malcolm is clearly in his car, freaking the heck out. This is like nothing he's ever experienced before. And I doubt many of us, including any of my listeners, have ever been engaged in a high-speed chase with a madwoman on your tail. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. 
So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Malcolm manages to continue to speed away while dialing 911. At 546 in the morning, the operator answers and Malcolm tells her what is happening. He's being chased and a person is ramming their car into his. The operator is listening on, probably in disbelief, but she can overhear the car being rammed. Malcolm then tells the operator, quote, I am going to die, end quote. Then, as if out of a movie, the operator hears one last loud crash and a complete wreck, and then just gut-wrenching screams for help coming from Malcolm. What the operator doesn't know is that Malcolm's Audi flipped, rolled, and then caught on fire all the while he was being burned alive and all she could do was listen. Malcolm's Audi went up in flames and he didn't even have a chance to get out. He died in his burning car. Not even four minutes after Malcolm placed the call, the police arrived at the site of the car crash at John Hay Street and Zarazoga Road in El Paso. But they had no idea about the 911 call. All they thought is that they were arriving at the scene of a car accident gone terribly wrong. Firefighters put out the fire, but it was far too late for Malcolm. He was gone. When police arrived at the scene, they noticed the Jeep Wrangler stopped close to the Audi. When they approach, all they find is Captain Clevy, at this time appearing just like a regular civilian. When questioned about what happened, she told them a friend she knows only by Ricky was driving the car. But after the crash, he got out of the car and ran off. Clevy was completely cooperative. She consented to having her blood drawn and then was transported to the precinct. The Special Traffic Investigations Unit was called in to assess the situation and the police began the manhunt for the man named only as Ricky. But almost immediately, experienced traffic investigators suspected foul play. Meanwhile, at the precinct, Clevy turned on her military charm, giving no indication she was in any way involved with starting or causing any fights that night or quite frankly, causing Malcolm's death with her insistence that Ricky ram Malcolm's Audi. While police suspect she may only be a witness, their spidey senses are going off and tingling and they read her her rights and she waves them and starts to chat about the night. She says they have been on again, off again for the last five years. 
but at some point she refers to Malcolm as her fiance. She clearly does not go into the level of detail that I did above or else she would have been arrested that night. She does tell them that the night started out at that vibes club I mentioned earlier, but after not recognizing anyone there, and I guess maybe it was pretty lame, they moved over to Jaguars. Clevy confirms that Malcolm joined them at the table. A fight broke out. She got hit in the lip and it caused some pain. Malcolm told her to meet him at his place. She and Ricky went to Malcolm's and when they got there, they saw his car. But Malcolm wasn't in his car. He was outside of his car being jumped by a group of guys. Ricky wanted in on the beating, so he parked the car and joined the group beating on Malcolm. At this point, Clevy, the savior, told the guys to knock it off, at which point they stopped. Malcolm jumped in his car and drove off. Clevy then got back into her car where Ricky took off after Malcolm. Ricky then began ramming into Malcolm's car, according to Clevy. Well, while Clevy is being interrogated at the precinct, another witness shows up. And because Clevy says she only knows Ricky as Ricky and can't give any other details, that witness accesses Clevy's social media accounts to get a picture of Ricky. Now, I guess Clevy had posted a picture with Ricky that night. So this picture is then provided to detectives. Eventually, Clevy is let go. But her mother soon calls the detectives with some information about Ricky. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. The mom is calling on behalf of Clevy and she says that while she doesn't know anything about Ricky, she does have his phone number. Jackpot! The detectives put the phone number into a database and it registered under the name Richard Senese. They put the name Richard Senese into their database and they got all his deets. They snagged a copy of his driver's license, put it up against a social media picture and wouldn't you know it, they got him. When they make the connection between Ricky and Richard, the police's eyes open up real wide in shock. Richie actually had a warrant out for his arrest when he committed the murder. Yep, OMG, sometimes real life is actually scarier than fiction. And don't worry, I have the scoop. Thanks to the El Paso Times that reported on this. Daniel Barunda reported that two years earlier in the wee hours of the morning, 2 a.m. to be exact, 
Richard was doing 75 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone. A Texas trooper stopped Speedy Gonzalez and when Ricky opened his window, whoa, a strong alcohol smell emitted from the window. He was instructed to get out of the car where he admitted to drinking, but you know what? His admission wasn't necessary because he failed his field sobriety test and blew a 0.174 and a 0.178. Mind you, the legal limit is 0.08. In addition to all that, they found an open bottle and a can of rum in the car. Well, a year later, Ricky pled guilty to DWI, driving while intoxicated, and probably because it was his first offense, the judge cut him some slack. One year suspended jail sentence, 15 months probation, community service. He was also instructed to take a course on victim impact and a DWI education course. And wait, 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 not so fast. He also had a curfew. According to the judge, he had to be home between the hours of 9 and 6 a.m. Oh, and also before he could drive his car, he had to get one of those interlock devices in his car which measured his breath alcohol level before letting the car turn on. Now, listen, have you ever heard of those things, these interlock devices? These things are actually pretty cool, but also really hard to pass, even if you're stone cold sober. I know that sounds crazy. Okay, the reason why I know is because I had a close friend of mine who had one of these installed after she got a DUI. Well, it's not as simple as just breathing into the machine, you have to take a really, really deep breath and then you have to blow out into this machine until it beeps after it registers your breath. Okay, sounds easy, but imagine the biggest breath you've ever taken and multiply that by two to three times blowing out and it's pretty tough. But you know, I think that's the whole point of this interlock device. Anyway, on July 17th, 2020, a prosecutor was sick and tired because Ricky was not following the rules of his original sentence. So they revoked his probation because he failed to, one, get and use an interlock device. And also he didn't do his community service and he didn't do his mandatory classes. And upon revoking probation, guess what? A warrant was issued for his arrest. It's unclear if they ever went to his house to get him or if the warrant just sat around waiting for Richard to get into trouble again. But if that's what the El Paso prosecutor's office were waiting for or was waiting for, they got just that. But unfortunately, it cost someone their life. Malcolm Perry might still be with us if that arrest warrant had properly been executed. Okay, so Ricky is eventually caught up and arrested that Tuesday, October 13th, with the help of the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force. And he probably speaks, it's unclear. And then on Thursday, October 15th, police show up to arrest Clevy. Because it turns out that old homegirl made herself seem real innocent when originally interviewed, but turns out she may be more involved than originally thought. The news reports are all over the place about the lies that were told leading up to the two main suspects arrest. I remember when the story first broke about the fiery or hearing about the fiery crash and the fact that the passenger of the other vehicle was an ex-girlfriend of the driver who was now deceased. And I had no clue that the ex-girlfriend who was sitting in the other car was military. 
Then a few days later, it was revealed that she was also a captain. And then it was revealed that she was also arrested and charged with connection in Malcolm's death. Now, I remember that week receiving nonstop news articles from my listeners because to be completely frank, we were all shocked. We hear about military murder every single week because of this podcast. But when things happen currently, like current in the current events, it still shocks us. Both Clevy and Richard have been charged with murder. Clevy's bond was set at $500,000 and Richard's bond was set at a million bucks. As of this recording, according to jail records, neither have posted bail. An even sadder part than the fact that Malcolm's last words and breath are recorded on that 911 call is the fact that the entire accident was caught on surveillance video located at the intersection of the crash. No one could be more shocked than Malcolm's family to learn of his untimely death, but then to learn that his death was not an accident, but that he died as a result of someone's deliberate act. And not just any someone, another person who was charged with upholding the Constitution of the United States, both foreign and domestic. Of Malcolm's murder, his grandmother has said, quote, I just want justice for my grandson. I want them to feel the pain they did to my grandson, end quote. I can't even imagine the pain that the Perry family is currently feeling. As I stated at the start of this episode, though, the facts of this case are still developing, and I'm sure this is just the start of a much longer narrative. Unless something significant occurs, I won't bring you an update until the cases have been resolved and have made their way through the trial wickets, which we all know can take a very long time. True Crime Warriors, this is just the start of Fort Bliss cases that I have to tell. But for now, I'll leave you with this. My thoughts and prayers are with the Perry family, but they're also with the families of the two accused members in this case. I doubt that anyone would imagine that their daughter, who's a captain in the United States Army, would end up booked in jail for murder. If you're interested in reading the affidavits or the press releases in connection with this case, head on over to militarymurderpodcast.com, where all of my sources are available for your review. If you like your show ad-free, check out the Patreon fan club, where for as little as $5 a month, you not only get a bonus episode, but you get all of your episodes completely ad-free. Make sure that you're following me on social. You can find me on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and on Facebook at Military True Crime. Shout out to my newest dotted line contributors, Cherish B and Camilla H. This show was created by Mama Margot Productions and produced in collaborations with my bootcamp and higher fan club members. And the music was created by Tyops. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of, so remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week, and I'll keep digging to bring you another military murder story next week. Podcast.